0: This is the summer edition for Nella Kernobone with you on RN. And today's In The Field takes you to one of the most talked about new buildings, the University of Technology Sydney's new business school designed by global architect Los Angeles-based Frank Gehry. Designs from him usually are attractions in themselves, including the Titanium Guggenheim Museum in Bilbao, Spain. Gary's UTS building, his very first in Australia, has a bit of a crumpled feel to it, plenty of glass, but its most significant materials is humble hand-laid bricks. Never again will you look at a brick wall quite the same way. Engineer Stephen Giblett is from ACOM, the group overseeing the engineering of this complicated structure, where the engineers had to invent new ways of holding brick walls up. He's with Jan Ryan.
1: Most people are aware of Frank Gary's work, they're aware that he does these amazingly curved and amorphous shapes and we know that most of these have been done out of titanium and other materials that actually work for curving but this is a building where he's decided to do it out of brick. Now brick is supposed to be sat one brick on top of the other in straight lines or in arches or any sort of form where it makes sense to do it out of brick. There is no building in the world that has bricks like this.
2: The bricks look like they're crumpled and they should be on the floor, but they're actually the wall, and that's what makes it so unique and individual.
1: Yeah, well, the, the curvature of these bricks, it's like, uh, say, you draped a fabric over the top of a frame and all the sort of curvature that you would get out of, say, a flowing dress or something like that. It's that type of form. Some of the curves in terms of the angle of the bricks, it's over 25 degrees. Now, you imagine a bricklayer trying to lay bricks over towards his head (laughs) on that sort of angle. So if you just stack blocks on these angles, after three or four, they're on the ground. So with wet mortar, it just wants to collapse. So we had to come up with a system whereby bricklayers could do up to 10 courses and be safe.
2: But these are just ordinary, everyday bricks. We're not talking about fancy bricks here.
1: It's a normal pressed brick, but the innovation was we put a continuous groove in. So a brick normally just has an indented frog, as they call it, but by putting the continuous groove, we could put a stainless steel bar in that linked all the bricks and then a tie rod back to the, the substrates at a panel behind. That was the innovation, was the slot. These, these bricks, and you don't think about it until you look at the wall, because of the angling, you can see them from the end, you can see them from underneath, you can see them from the front. So every face of the brick has to be looking perfect for this wall to have the, the impact that it does.
2: And the brick ties, most brick buildings have them, they just tie the front layer with the back layer of a double brick building.
1: It's the same principle. We basically took a principle of uh, fixing of stone And then one of the main innovations was just using a simple threaded rod with a nut on the end. Because of this geometry, we needed a lot of tolerance.
2: Now, a lot of these inventions happened almost through serendipity.
1: Engineers don't like taking on massive risks. There's the risk of of litigation. There's a risk of something going wrong. So what we do is we look for where something's been done before. So we can say... This code says this is how you do it, so we've just followed this standard. Or this other project, it's standing up, it works, we'll follow that. So the project started off with looking at different types of ties that have already been developed around the world, uh, different approaches to brick walls and tolerance, and nothing did the job, nothing fitted. What happened was one of the guys in our team, Ken Mulcahy at home... He took a couple of bricks, a piece of threaded rod, and was stacking them with corbelling and found he could, he could use the threaded rod to, to actually prop the bricks, and it had tolerance within it so that you could do all manner of shapes.
2: It seemed so simple.
1: And it was a simple idea, but it took a lot of bravery to do it because there's bravery in saying, I'm going to take this idea that I can't get off the shelf. I can't ring up a supplier and say, give me you know, 20 boxes of those, and they've all been tested before. We had to then take the idea and invent it. And even though it's a simple idea, taking new ideas that aren't already in a code, aren't already done before, for engineers, it's a brave thing to do because you are taking on risk. You, we had to work very close and collaborate with UTS, the bricklayer, the brick suppliers, so UTS enabled us to test the mortar, test the ties, test the bricks. Everything was tested in their labs so that we actually knew this could work before it went into full production. Because as you can see, there's a lot of bricks here. If this started and we found on-site, oh, oh no, it's not <laughs> working, this would have been a big problem. But it's, it's working fantastically.
2: There's about 380,000 bricks here, Steve, uh, give or take. Um, and then there's the mortar old-fashioned mortar, so a lot of work went into getting the mortar right too.
1: That's right. So the thought was, how do we make this work? I don't know what we'll do. We'll try and almost glue the bricks together so that they're very strongly connected so they can't rotate. The biggest problem with that, using a very sticky mortar like a glue, is bricklayers just can't use it. It goes off too quickly. It's not workable. It just wasn't practical for the method of construction that we had. So AECOM used our advanced materials people, a guy called James Aldred, in our team. He worked with us, with the university, to basically tweak the recipe of standard mortar to make it stronger but still very workable. Amazingly, for the bricklayers, it wasn't too far from normal for them. So the bricklayers on this project are very proud of what they've done because they've taken standard bricklaying and they've sort of gone back to being the the grand masons of centuries past to create something beautiful. And one of the bricklayers even has a tattoo on his arm of the bricks of this wall, which just sort of shows the pride that they have in, in what they've achieved. It's absolutely brilliant.
2: Steve, with all these curved walls and uneven edges and the whole thing being so complex water making it waterproof is another thing usually water doesn't work that way well water will go the way it needs to go to get down so I imagine that was a major um, problem and a major thing you needed to solve in the brick wall itself
1: this is waterproofing we can see this black Mm. uh, waterproofing membrane this actually was already applied in China these came from China
2: so it's it's anticipated ahead of time, yeah. and then you it's like prefab. You just bring yeah. it in.
1: It's a pre-applied membrane to the panels that are behind the brick surface. So as water gets through the cavity, it hits this membrane and drains out, like you would through a normal cavity brick wall.
2: You also worked on the windows, um, and they're very individual. Each window is different from the next. What kind of problems did that pose?
1: the reason the windows are so individual and they're so deep we're talking about a 600 millimetre deep aluminium window you think an aluminium window is normally about 100 mil 10 centimetres deep and the reason these are so deep is because when you've got this crazy curvature of the facade you can't just line a window up with it so gary i i believe were very clever in the way they did this they made these deep box type windows which protruded out from the geometry so that you could have a nice flat glass surface and the curvature of the wall then simply curves against the side of the, of the window and then in terms of waterproofing you have to waterproof this curved surface all the way around the perimeter of the window so we actually have three flexible membranes
2: of course the windows are going into these curved brick walls and that's what makes them needing to work so well together it is true though isn't it that every window is different
1: the windows all are in different positions and, and seem different though the the window extrusions the actual uh, the form we tried to keep it as uniform as we could and yeah yeah, which is very difficult (laughs) and the faceted facade across the back as well is series of faceted pieces of curtain wall again it's all very individual each piece
2: great thanks steve
1: thank you thanks a lot
0: And that is engineer Stephen Giblets with By Design's Jan Ryan on site at the Frank Gehry-designed UTS building in Sydney. And you can see some images and links, of course, on By Design's website. But before we leave this story, let's hear from the brickies themselves.
1: I A normal bricklayer, like four, five, six hundred 600 bricks a day. But this job here, 70, 80, on a straighter wall, maybe 100, 120. And the beginning was embarrassing, you know, bricklayer. It was only lay like 100 bricks, but this
0: is the way the job is. It's
2: a, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to work on a building like
0: this. Yeah, this will be the highlight of my career.
2: Bringing
1: the tradesmen's skills back in into us and uh, yeah, bricklaying was sort of getting a
2: bit mundane and it's, now it's yeah, showing our skills.
0: And that was brickies Paul Simmons, Gus Galati and Tony Hilton who hand laid the bricks on the Gary designed UTS building in Sydney which opens on the 2nd of Feb. Links on our website. And that, my friends, is the show, the final summer show and, yes, the final show for By Design. My great thanks to Jan Ryan, By Design's fantastic producer, to everybody who has appeared on the show, and my name is Fanella Kernabone. It's been a pleasure to join you each week here on RN. Take care and stay with us now for Michael McKenzie and RN First Bite. Bye-bye.